Tales from the Wild. Stories from the Heart. A journey into the mind and soul of fired up business professionals where they share their vision for the future. And hear from a different non-profit organization every month as they create awareness of their goals and their needs. Dive into a world of untamed passion as we join our host Shireen Buerta for this month's episode of Friends from Wild Places. All right, good day, Wild Hearts. In honor of J.K. Rowling's birth month in the month of July, which is when we're recording this, I am Shireen, your Hufflepuff magical bookkeeper. Why pick me? I'm not only the professional for the job, I am dedicated, patient, and loyal. And with finances being such a sensitive topic, that's exactly what you need. I'm good at what I do, but I'm never the person that says I know it all. I'm learning every day and I'm teachable. Are you that business owner wondering who owes them money at the end of the month? Or losing track of their bills because their business is growing so fast? What a wonderful problem to have. Are you looking for a bookkeeper you can trust with your life and to also be your ally? Then call Shireen's Bookkeeping Services today and I'll show you that I'm the Hufflepuff for the job. If you want to know more, go check me out at www.shireensbookkeeping.com and allow me to keep your books clean. Welcome back. You are listening to Friends from Wild Places with myself, Shireen, and my amazing co-host, Tanya. Tanya, how are you doing today? What do you have to say? Well, happy Friday as it is in here. So good afternoon, Ms. Shireen. So happy to be here as part of your podcast. So things are well in Miami, Florida, and things are, I'm sure, busy. I know you've had some challenges with electricity in South Africa, correct? Yeah. Um, oh, jeez. It's just been crazy. We have a crisis when it comes to power. So sometimes we can go without electricity for three to four days. This is not the first time it's happened. It happens a couple of times. But let me introduce our visitor, Patricia Espinoza. This is a very warm welcome to you. She is an IT and cybersecurity consultant from CBC IT Consultants Miami, Florida, United States. So good to have you on the show. Welcome. Oh, thank Welcome. you, Sherry. Thank you, Tanya, for the invitation. I'm really thrilled to be here sharing with you ladies and your audience about being safe online and just keeping your business protected from cyber yeah. threats. And Patricia, I know we became fast friends and I just always enjoy our collaboration sessions. So I said, you know what, let's get you on the podcast and get your message out there. And I don't even know where to begin. Let me just ask you just to kind of open up just so our listeners can, you know, just hear who you are. And I know you have quite a presence with social media. So give us a little bit of background on yourself and what you're doing and uh, what you'd like the listeners to take away. Okay, well, uh, my name is Patricia Espinosa, as you had said, and I live in Miami, Florida. I have a business, a company, along with my partner and husband, Roberto Espinosa, doing IT consulting and servicing 
small businesses around Miami and Florida with professional trustworthy IT and we secure it with sound cybersecurity measures that are so important nowadays. So that's what we've been doing. Roberto has been doing IT for more than 37 years. I have been doing IT for more than 22 years. So it's been a while. And that's my background actually started in business. That's where I got my degree in Ecuador, where I'm originally from. And I actually did a master's in business. And later I switched gears and I started computer science and mathematical science. So that's my background right now. I'm actually enrolled in the MIT online program for cybersecurity. So I'm really excited about empowering the community to get protected and really just be safe online and be, instead of being fearful for them, for all of us to just be empowered and not become a victims, the victims of cyber attacks. Right. So that's pretty much it, <laughs> my background. Absolutely. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, and Patricia, you had a quote for us today. And let me just put it out for the listeners so they can hear it. It's let go and allow yourself to see the perfection where the seeming imperfection seems to be. And this is from Lester Levinson. So Patricia, why this quote? And what does this quote mean to you? I really have come to love this quote. I think at the beginning, I quite didn't understand it, the profound meaning that it has. Lester Levinson, the one who is said to have said that, is the originator of the Sedona method. He discovered that all he had to do was decide to let go of his emotions at any given point. He didn't have to understand why he had the emotion or the source of the emotion or anything. He just decided to let go at any moment. And the more he let go, the more he discovered this energy, this goodness, this vastness that we all are. And his life changed completely after that. Uh, he had been given two weeks of life back when he was sick, very sick with a heart disease. And he ended up living 40 more years without seeing a doctor again. So what it means really is that at any given moment, we're actually interacting not with what is happening in our lives, but rather with our beliefs or our thoughts and our emotions about what is happening in our lives. So rather than let our emotions or thoughts or limiting beliefs control us, we just let them go and just get in touch with what's really there, what's really happening. And in that context, you can really see that things may not have been so imperfect as you thought they were, but rather you just get in contact with what's happening 
and start to see the perfection or the completeness in that experience. So it has very profound ramifications. I am as such a fan of the Sedona method. It's something that I have come to learn and practice more and more. And, and I really feel like it's given me this serenity and calmness and just satisfaction with what's there from moment to moment. That's, so that's awesome. That's really is. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing this. And for the listeners, if you're wondering what is the Sedona method, let me just go over it a little bit more with you. The Sedona method is a simple, powerful, and easy to learn technique that shows you how to uncover your natural ability to let go of any painful or unwanted feeling in the moment. And five ways of doing this is you can choose to let go of the unwanted feeling or you can welcome the feeling to allow the emotion just to be or I've got it down here. So or you can dive into the very core of the emotion the fourth way is by dissolving the opposite polarities we all carry. And the last way of doing this is seeing through the feeling to the effortless awareness that is right behind it. So Tanya, is Sardona method something that you practice? Uh, what methods have you touched on doing? And yeah, what, what does this quote mean to you? Sure. So actually... I was not familiar with the Sedona method until I met Miss Patricia and um, she introduced it to me. So I've been learning more about it. I had for many years, about seven years or so, had gone on a more of a energy path or just, you know, healing, healing energies, um, you know, overcoming traumas and trauma bonding and things of that nature and I was very much aware of the Abraham Hicks teachings I had seen Abraham Hicks in uh, Pennsylvania and very much aware of that and in speaking with Patricia she kind of enlightened me to even a more expansive method so actually it's not that I'm doing one or the other I just kind of take it all in so mm -hmm. the way I like to think of it they would say a toolbox, but I'm not a carpenter. So I think of it more like a mermaid chest, okay? <laughs> so oh, it's nice. a mermaid like chest. And I add all of my, for example, mm -hmm. I was brought up traditionally Roman Catholic. And at the college, I actually teach world religions for funeral services and customs. And then in my own personal journey, have adapted, you know, different things, more incorporating some of the spirituality, Buddhist methodology. And now with the Sedona method, it's just given me another gem. That's what I'm going to call it. So it's another gem in my mermaid chest. Right. I love that. It sounds beautiful. I think I'm going to steal that line. Because oh. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. You have all your trinkets and thingamabobs and all that way, all the tools to help you deal with certain things. And I know I'm also the same. I, I do it a mixture of the different ways and methods. Um, it depends on how deep that emotion that I'm feeling and where that emotion's coming from and so and how traumatic it was. So I think it depends. I think sometimes I really need to feel it 
and allow myself to feel it. Other times I need to let it go immediately, especially if it tends to want to bring up some lies about myself. And then the other way is obviously to find the root of the problem. And that's, you know, if you have a therapist or someone that you see and talk to weekly or daily, that's definitely someone that can assist you with that. So, and thank you, Tonya, for sharing that. I come from very much a a Christian background, family, growing up with Sunday school. That's a completely different discussion for another day. But coming from that background, I like to have tools. I like to know if this happens, what can I do to help in those situations? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. So we're all evolving. And I think, you know, whatever works for us and all of our listeners out there. So for example, if it's cognitive therapy, if it's the EMDR, which is a eye movement technique, if it's processing emotions, if it's getting over some of the triggers, which we all have, whatever works. So I think the more we expand and evolve and collaborate, but the Sedona method it was brand new to me. And again, um, I'm grateful for uh, Patricia to have introduced it to me. And I'm learning like we all are. Thank you, Patricia. That's the same. Yeah. I didn't know about the Sedona method until you were the one that shared the quotes and which obviously made me go and do some research about it. So thank you very much to you, Patricia. Oh, you're very welcome, ladies. I'm just glad that it may be able to be of help as it has been to me. I I totally feel like it's been my life before the Sedona method and after. Just like you mentioned, Tanya, about Abraham Hicks, which also was a definite influence in my life. And also, I feel like it's it was before Abraham and after Abraham, and obviously later Sedona. So, nice. Yeah, so- it's just that you pick and build your mermaid chest, right? With all these tools. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I love that. So Patricia, I know you mentioned to us that you did homeschool your son. So my question to you is, could you just share a little bit about that experience and what the challenges you faced with homeschooling your son? Yes, I did homeschool him since kindergarten. We all did as a family, I, I guess. We were all very involved. I, I, I think for me in particular, the, the biggest challenge was getting started to actually commit to it because there was a misconception in my part. I thought it was strange. and It was a weird thing to do. Like I mentioned, I come from Ecuador and that's something there that you never hear of these things even though I've been in the U.S. for, it'll be 30 years this September. Wow. So the the getting started part, the getting committed to just try it out was the hardest. And it was interesting because my son had been hearing my husband and I all through the summer and the previous months, should we homeschool? Should we not? Should we? And we kept going on and on about this debate until he finally Two weeks into kindergarten, he came home one day and he said, guys, I think we need to homeschool. 
and it was shocking that a kid i mean he was he had just turned six would say that to us and i believe in listening to the children i i listened and i said well let's let's pay attention let's maybe give it a try just for kindergarten he had been reading already for almost two years before he got to kindergarten it's not like he's gonna fall behind let's just give it a try and i did and two months in i was madly in love with homeschooling and we kept him going until the end which he did graduate from high school and miami Dade college simultaneously and I can credit also homeschooling for allowing us to enroll him when he was 14 in the University of Miami cybersecurity program. He was classmates with my husband and partner. So it was really amazing that he could do that. He was the youngest person ever to have been admitted there. And it was really possible because homeschooling allowed us to think outside of the box and just consider these kinds of programs. And we did. So it's been such a wonderful ride. I think I consider it a gift. And the challenge throughout actually was the immense quantity of resources that you have that you can pick, especially with the internet. I mean, it's amazing how many resources you have and it teaches you to own the education and make it yours in a way that it's fun that is you know a pleasure rather than a chore and that was such a paradigm shifter it was really wonderful that way wow Patricia, I have that that just i mean it's it's an amazing amazing story and i was not that um informed about homeschooling and as you and i had discussed over a few conversations, there's so many misconceptions, right? There's so many misconceptions with homeschooling. So the question I have for you was, you mentioned it, you started right from, you know, from the age of kindergarten age with your son. How did you get introduced to homeschooling? Because it's not the mainstream. Like, how was that even introduced to you to choose that for your son? Right. Good question. When he was going to preschool, we actually uh, enrolled him in a cooperative preschool, which also was a different concept. I hadn't known about this until a friend of mine introduced me to it. So all the parents were involved. There was also obviously a teacher director that was in charge of the curriculum, but we parents had to take turns helping and doing all the running the preschool. And there was a family there that were homeschooling their older children, and they had a little one in the preschool. So sometimes the children would come to the school and be there with the other kids. And, you know, that was my, I mean, I had heard actually just one time before that, but during the preschool time, that was when I was really got to see it firsthand. And I still wasn't convinced because maybe you have to see something more continually and for longer periods of time perhaps until you finally decide mm -hmm. but yeah that was my introduction to it and and the family seemed so so relaxed about it they seemed so so close together such a tight-knit family and that also made a difference to see that to witness that 
because that was my experience later on throughout my homeschooling years. The families are always sticking together. It's such a wonderful uh, camaraderie and, and just community. It was really, really wonderful because that's the misconception as well. Kids are not socializing. They're staying home all day studying and nothing could be farther from the truth. We actually take advantage of the community. So you go out and to the museums and take classes there, to the botanical gardens and take classes there. You know, you go everywhere that you can. There are services for homeschoolers and you just have this wonderful canvas of, of resources for you to go into the world and learn with the child or as a family or in any way that you want. It's beautiful. I mean, it's such a beautiful, beautiful journey that, you know, you shared with us. So when you mentioned that you are originally from Ecuador, right? And congratulations on being 30 years in the United States. Is that what I heard correctly? That's amazing. Yes. 30 years. That's amazing. We're trying to get Shireen here. That's my next mission. I'm trying to get Shireen here from South Africa. So uh, hopefully we can accomplish that. So I just, I want to maybe just ask, so because your culture, right, was not as open to homeschooling, maybe your family or friends back home in Ecuador, what was the, was there any resistance from them? Like, did you have to give an account? Because, you know, we all have people that in the background that talk, right? Like, I don't care who you are, like everybody has somebody that's saying something that opposition. So did you have that? Or I don't want to assume. So how did that happen for you? Yeah, that definitely was something strange for them. And they respected our decision, but it was something that they weren't too thrilled to see that, that we would choose to homeschool. And I think that was across the board. I mean, you would talk to the, to the homeschool moms usually that would gather, bring the children to the classes or the co-ops or the whatever. And we would all experience that. I mean, from the community, you know, at large, the biggest thing always was socialization. Why are you doing that to the children? You know, you're going to scar them for life. So that was the main thing. And as time went by, then they would see the results of how children would behave and how, for the most part, how relaxed and feeling of, of, you know, going with the flow the children had that eventually I think people would see that and then they might have changed their minds. So, yeah, definitely that was something that we would encounter all the time this resistance yeah. from families and from the community at large. I'm sure. Yeah. sure. yeah. Join us next week for part two of Friends from Wild Places as we get into more exciting conversations with Patricia Espinosa. You've been listening to Friends from Wild Places with Shireen Guetta. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast from the links to catch every episode and unleash your passion.